You're listening to The Final Call with Chelsea Mendelson and Anthony Ferrero. What's going on, everybody? We are finally back for episode, well, technically 21, but we've decided it's season two. Season two, episode one of The Final Call. It's your girl, Chelsea Mendelson, alongside Anthony Ferrero, as always. We have missed a lot, Anthony. We have missed a lot in this time. Um, in not just sports news, I graduated. I am I'm degreed up. Your girls got a degree. Uh, that was interesting, an interesting last couple weeks of school. But we made it through, and we haven't talked to you guys in a month. And the way sports, you know, happens all the time, a lot has happened since then. Um, so we have quite a few things to talk about. Um, I think we're gonna start with basketball. Uh, the very first thing we're going to talk about, just very briefly, is you know the NBA had its first ever midseason tournament. Um, the WNBA has been doing it for a couple years. Um, different formatting though entirely than the NBA. The NBA kind of took that, made it its own, and the Lakers won. Um, the Lakers do that; they win things, they win rings, they have banners. That's what the Lakers have always done. And Lakers did it. It seems just fitting that such a storied franchise would win the midseason tournament. However, I do not think that they should be like, oh, well, we won the midseason tournament. We're the best team in the league. It's still the Lakers. They're still 90 years old. Okay. You know, the I don't know. I don't think it means anything. Like, good for them. I, I don't think it means anything. I I hear what you said, and I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I don't think it means a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's cool to say, um, you know, hey, we won the first ever, you know, midseason tournament. Um, that is really cool. And I think I think in the future, we're going to see a lot more of what this means going forward. Because this is the first year. It's all very new. But I think in 10, 20, 30 years, we might look back on this in-season tournament or whatever they choose to call it by then and really realize what it means. Because for these players like LeBron, I'm not going to look at his legacy different because he won an in-season tournament. Because in my mind, like the in-season tournament for essentially is just repurposed regular season games where you're going to earn extra money. That's really all that it is. So I'm not going to sit here and act like it's a super massive big deal because it's really just games that you'd be playing anyway that would normally mean nothing. So I'm not going to make a super big deal out of it. It's cool that it happened. Um, the Lakers played very well in those games, so kudos to them. That gives them something. Um, and for what it's worth, I was skeptical of the NCAA tournament. I was like, okay, whatever. Like I, I didn't think it needed to happen. I didn't think it was a big deal. And ultimately, you know, hey, kudos to Adam Silver in the league. They proved me wrong. It was really good. Um, the ratings looked good on it. Teams played well. Players were super into it. And overall, NBA media was talking about it. And that overall was the goal of the league to make something that they could have, they can use, and to get people talking at a time when everything is so football dominant early on, to have people talking to NBA in the time of the early winter, that's a big deal. So kudos to the NBA for having it go off, work really well. Kudos to the Lakers for winning it. Um, yeah, no, it, it was cool. Um, Chelsea, do you have any thoughts on like where your thoughts were when they talked about doing this in tournament? But, uh, has that changed based on what has happened and how it ended? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the WNBA did this first. Um, again, it was a different setup entirely, but, um, it was fairly similar. Um, and that brought a lot of hype to WNBA, like, um, the midseason tournament ended up being the championship for that, which is, it's called the commissioner's cup in WNBA ended up being a preview of WNBA finals, which everyone already knew. It was the two teams that were very obviously going to be in the finals. Um, and I don't think that's the case for the NBA at all. And so I think that that part of it was also really exciting. 
Um, but I think another thing that it brought to the WNBA and also brought to the NBA was players were playing harder in games that they probably wouldn't care about. And I think that's another really big reason why they brought the midseason tournament in. You've had this just absolute epidemic of players just resting throughout the regular season because it's 82 games long and does it need to be that long? Probably not, but it is. That's the reality of the NBA. And so a lot of the stars, especially older stars, um, are they'll rest. And that's horrible for the NBA because if you tune in or even go to a Lakers game or a Suns game, you want to see LeBron, you want to see KD, you want to see Devin Booker. If those guys are just not playing because they've chosen to rest or their coach has chosen to rest them, you don't want to watch that. And yes, the NBA has has um, changed some of the rules as well to punish people that are resting like that, um, which is great for the league. But I think the midseason tournament gave the players an extra drive to not want to rest, which is really, really good for the league. And as you talked about with the ratings, that's also really good for the league. But going back to how I felt about it when it was announced, I didn't feel like one way or the other. I was like, okay, yeah, it'll make players want to actually play. And then also with the rules making it so that the more points you won by, like that was actually important, like the more points that you had, that made even teams that were up by 20 want to continue stacking on in the end, which is not something you ever see at really any level of basketball for the most part. And so that made games more interesting to watch from the very tip to the very end. And so that also made it really fun. So I really like what the midseason tournament brought for the NBA. And I hope that they just continue. Sorry, I got a snap during that. Uh, but I hope that they just continue to build on that, see what works this year, what didn't, and sort of edit that and make it even better, just like they did with the play-in tournament. Um, and so I think if they continue to do that, it's going to get way better and it's just going to continue improving the league. And that's what the NBA has done for years that I feel like a lot of le other leagues, specifically the NFL, have not. As I feel like the NBA makes so many changes for the better almost every single year. And a lot of leagues are slacking in that. Yeah, credit to Adam Silver. I mean, that's, you know, and some of the moves that they've announced have been a little skeptical on at the beginning. Um, but credit, like I said, to Adam Silver and the entire group over there with the NBA, you know, kind of the front office type range they're doing a great job overall in implementing changes and i think other sports have learned from that i mean look at baseball first year implementing a ton of new changes and it's huge massive year for the sport all the way around um football is working on that they try and tweak some things every year to try and fix some stuff but no i definitely think this reflects well um, for basketball and last point before we kind of move on from this um, what are your thoughts on the special courts for the in-season tournament do you have thoughts I have a lot of way? thoughts okay <laughs> I think very few teams got it right Thank I you. think yep. most of the teams in the league their courts looked horrendous mm -hmm. um, and I'm not even going to be biased I really didn't like the Suns court I didn't. I don't think it was the worst of the bunch. Um, I'm blanking on who I thought had the worst one. But there, like one of the teams that sticks out to me that I was like, that is a nice court, is Utah. The purple on purple court looked so good. Looked so good. So a couple of teams, I think the maybe it was the Cavs that also had a pretty decent looking court. There was a few teams that really nailed it. Really, really just looked really good. And then some teams, it just looked horrendous. I can't remember what team specifically made me be like, why, who, who did that? Who was responsible for that? I think the Nuggets one was one of the ones that I was like, what is going on? Um, so there was like a few hits and mostly misses, I would say. Um, a lot of in between, like the Suns, it's just like, it's fine. It's not great though. I thought the stripe down the middle was a choice. I don't know why we needed to do that on every single court. Um, didn't love that look at all. Um, but I, I think that's another thing that the league can take and and think about the choices that they made <laughs> and maybe don't do that again. 
and fix it. I did like that they were all sort of uniform, though. Like, I liked that vibe of, like, all of the courts are super similar. Like, they have the stripe, whatever. But I think the overall design choices that were made were not great, to say the least. I also, I, I agree for the most part that the courts were a little hit or miss. I liked overall that they did them, though, because, like I mentioned earlier, for lack of a better way to describe it, the in-season tournament is basically just repurposed regular season games. I like the use of the courts so we can differentiate what games were part of the in-season tournament yeah. and what part yeah. were just regular season games. That way we knew going in, because you could look at it and be like, oh, it's an in-season tournament. They almost had like in-season tournament nights where yeah. all the games on that night were for the in-season tournament. But with the special courts, that way you can see, oh, it's for the in-season tournament. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know, it would start a conversation to now you would be more invested in the in-season tournament. So either way, it worked for mm -hmm. the league. It worked for the sport. So kudos to them for making it work. Yeah, I, I really liked it overall. I thought that it made things really interesting. And as you talked about, it totally increased the discussion around the league, um, especially in a time that the league is getting some not great PR. Um, there's a few situations we're not going to discuss on this podcast because we don't want to give those guys um, the light of day. They don't deserve to be discussed. However, there is one guy that seems to keep popping up on this podcast um, and we can't avoid it because it was a big, it was a thing. It was a big thing. And it also had to do with our sons, um, the way it went down. And that is, of course, the infamous Draymond Green. Um, did, would you like to open the discussion, Anthony? Yeah, sure. I can take this one. So um, for those of you who don't know, um, Draymond Green is working on his new kickboxing routine. Um, he wanted to try it out on Yusuf Nurkic, Center for the Suns this time. Um, but um, all joking aside, um, they're just kind of jockeying for position on a defensive play. And Green um, claims he was, um, you know, turning around, trying to get the foul call and was flailing a little bit. Um, to which, like, okay, sure, like, I'll kind of buy that. But well, that doesn't mean you could just turn around and he just completely club Nurkic in the face. Um, that doesn't mean you could do that. Like, if you're going to turn a flail, okay, maybe. Uh, but what you did, uh, it's just, it, it isn't right. You're just hurting guys. You know, we talked about it a couple episodes ago with a chokehold on Gobert last postseason. Um, he stomped on Sabonis' chest. Like, this is really routine for Draymond at this point. And I thought after the Gobert incident, he suspended five games. I thought that was really going to be a lesson to like, okay, I really, I, I got to stop doing this. Whether he saw that with the games, whether his teammates came to him and said, hey, we really got to watch this. Like, we got to be better, whatever. It's still, you know, it didn't help at all. So now he is suspended indefinitely. Uh, the league has basically said, hey, we're going to, require you to do a couple different things whether that includes anchor management or whether that includes um, just some sort of procedure that you have to clear to get back on the court and by all indications from reports that are out there this is going to take at a minimum um, several weeks moving forward he's probably going to miss at least um, 12 to 15 games minimum really at this point you know, and it's indefinite. So upward of that, we'll see. Um, but I think this is, you know, obviously a sucky situation to have because no player should be doing this. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it is, you know, I'm trying to be somewhat pro player here as much as this sucks to see. And it sucks that Draymond do this quite often now at this point. Um, I think it is good that, you know, he takes time away to fix whatever is going on. If something is or is not wrong, whatever is happening, to take time away, fix it, um, and then, you know, go about it. You're coming back and truly fixing it. Because, and I, I'll say this, because I know this was part of the topic of conversation. Um, I don't think this takes anything away from Draymond um, in the past or what he has done. Um, but it now sets us up for the future that if you asked me, like, 
two, three years ago, who was Draymond Green? I would tell you about the defensive mastermind who can move the ball really well and never really fit. He was the perfect player for positionless basketball because he was a point guard who was big enough to play power forward who could shoot for like one year and couldn't shoot for the rest of his NBA career. And he was, he was just all around. He was a good rebounder, but he was also a point guard, but he could defend better than almost anyone in the league. He was great. And now if you ask me today, who is Raymond Green? I would say a lot of those similar things, but I would also throw in that he's some crazy guy who's just hitting people and doing non NBA like moves to people. But I don't think it overall takes anything away from him long term. It's just it's a thing that you hate to see happen to someone. And, you know, hopefully the suspension fixes whatever is going on and he comes back better than ever. Because at the end of the day, he improves basketball as a sport. And so it sucks to see him not being there doing his thing. I agree. And I'm someone that obviously I'm not a Warriors fan per se, but I'm I've always loved Warriors basketball. Um, I love Steph Curry. He's one of my favorite players. Um, and Draymond has been a huge reason why they've had so much success in the last decade at Golden State. Um, I think he's a great player. I think that um, he has Hall of Fame potential. Like, if he finishes out his career on a high note, uh, has a few more really solid years of just being a really great defender, great glue guy, um, solid starter for the Warriors, he could a hundred percent be a hall of famer you're talking about a i believe multiple time defensive player of the year um at least one at least one <laughs> um i think he's been an all-star um he now has four rings um he's just he's a solid player but then he has these moments which he's had since i think 2015 or 2016 really the entire time that the warriors have been good he is yeah, 20, off and on I believe 2016 was the first year when he started doing doing high high leg kicks. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Adams and then LeBron. And I would see him do that, and I'd be like, okay, that was intentional. He's a bad sport, whatever. But then it happens again, and then it happens again, and then it happens again, and then it happens again. And that's when it's like, okay, something else has to be fixed here. Um, Which, mind you, like, I would say a player that's in a sort of similar does this a lot situation is Grayson Allen. But Grayson Allen doesn't do this nearly as much as Draymond Green has ha- has done. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Suns fan. I don't love Grayson Allen. I said that when we made the trade. You can go back to the episode and I said that. Um, and he's a very it's a very similar thing. But I I like Draymond. I think that he's a fun personality to have in the league. But he can't keep doing this. And you and I have friends that are Warriors fans. And we've seen Warriors fans on Twitter being like, well, they can't punish him based on former things. Yes, they can. And yes, they have to. Because they if, if let's say he got the first time this ever, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Let's say this was the first time a player did something like this. Um, for example, I don't know. Who's a player, unproblematic player? Ricky Rubio goes and turns around and hits somebody. Okay. He's going to get suspended for, I don't know, two games. Not even. Um, I think. One he game. might get fined and maybe a game, yeah. Okay, so let's say that's the base thing, right? But he's never done that before, so he gets one game. If he did that again, then yeah, let's give him a, a higher, you know, more suspension, more fine, whatever. That's what they have to do with Draymond. They have to keep upping it because he keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Like, I know this is a drastic comparison, but like, if you murder one person you're going to get less of a punishment than if you murder two people because that's how the justice system works. And so they should apply that to the NBA to think that Draymond should only get a one game suspension when he does this over and over and over and over again is absurd. You have to up the punishment here because otherwise he's going to keep doing it more. And he clearly hasn't learned his lesson if he keeps continuing to do this. And so a change has to be made. This is a guy that is on a team that has some of the most eyes on it of any team in the league, of any team in any league, actually. 
And so there's kids that look up to him and he cannot be violent like this with kids looking up to him. I'm not saying that he's like some violent, you know, insane person, you know, that like needs to be put in prison. That's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the NBA has the power and should do so, use that power to up the punishment every time. Because if it was just the same thing every time, he would probably be doing it more. Because he obviously cares about money because he's a human. So, you know, there's a money, big money aspect to it. Every time he loses, every time he misses a game, he's losing money. And so if he cares about that at all, he'll stop doing this. Because now he's going to miss at least several weeks, if not multiple months over this. And it needs to change. And I really hope it does. Because as you mentioned, he is super fun to watch. And he is such a big part of the Warriors who are also really fun to watch. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, I do like that they said, you know, indefinite. They're not going to put a number on it. So he does have those uh, benchmarks he has to clear before he gets back. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you one thing. He's not making the All-Star game. No. Uh, and speaking of that, um, the All-Star <laughs> game now is becoming sort of the topic that we're slowly building mm-hmm. toward yep. um, at this point in the NBA season. You're starting to get past the first, uh, fourth of the NBA season as we continue on. It's now the All-Star teams. You're starting to look around and see who might be in the early conversation for those All-Star teams. And Chelsea and I have decided that we want to join the party of picking <laughs> some of these All-Star teams. So... um I think we're going to start with the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go um, backcourt into frontcourt. Yeah. Um, and we'll just go talk about who we have, why we have them there, um, and you just go from there. So, Chelsea, if you want to start in your West backcourt, um, you could talk about the guys that you have there. Yeah. And then just really quick, um, if you wanted to do this as well, you can just go to vote.nba.com. Um, they make it super easy to lay out your two starting fives that you can also submit your votes that way. Um, this is not sponsored, but it should be. Um, but they also give you all the stats and you can sort it by assists, points, rebounds, whatever you want to sort it by, however you want to choose your even fantasy points, if that's how you want to choose your all-star. So awesome website. If you want to take part in this, um, I think you would need to make like a free account in order to submit your votes so they can make sure people aren't like spamming votes, you know? Um, but yeah, it's a super fun concept join us if you want and compare and let us know what was different about your lineups from ours. But yeah, I will start things off. You want to start in the backcourt? Yeah, let's do West, West backcourt back and okay. then we'll compare there and then we'll go West front. Okay. Court okay, okay. Okay. So I think you could have a lot of good guys here really in the entire, like two starting fives. However, two guys have really stood out to me so far this season and also just throughout their careers. Really? Um, I got to go with my guy, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. Those are my two guys in the backcourt. Um, do you want to, yeah, elaborate on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're two of the best guards in uh in the in the in the league. Not even just you know in the West. Um, Luca's been having a really good season. Steph's been having a really good season. I know his little three point streak broke whatever he's still Steph Curry he's still that guy um and as much as I love to hate Luka Doncic as a Suns fan he's got MVP potential man like he when it's all said and done has the potential to be one of the best of all time he has shown that this season he he showed it last season and he's just such a fun player to watch and he's also fun to hate but he is such a fun player to watch man so those are my two guys just solid players that I absolutely hate watching the Suns play against. Um, I I can't completely see that. And uh, for me, it was close. I have um, Luka Doncic. That one's easy. Let's yeah. be real. That one's easy. Yep. I actually don't have Steph Curry. Okay. Um, I am giving the nod um, to someone. I thought we were going to be in unison. I'm almost a little surprised that we are not. Mm. Um, one, uh, the seed is higher. Um, and so you get the edge there. Your team is better. That's one. Right. Um, two, but his stats are actually also better 
um, in terms of points as well as steals. Um, I actually did not know this until I just looked it up. He leads the league uh, in steals per game um, by quite a hefty is. margin. Um, that is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay, yeah. Uh, for the two seeded Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. As we currently sit in the West. Um, I and I knew, you know, and credit to you, you're the one who called it. Hey, watch for SGA going for MVP. Yeah. And I looked at you and I kind of laughed a little bit. I go, I oh did boy, say, I don't know what episode that was, but y'all should go find early, it. I did early say early on, you said that, and sure enough, I looked back and I said, wait a minute. I Chelsea like OKC. Dude. That was not even a hot take. She yeah. was spot on. So OKC uh, has some issues right now internally, but I still really like OKC and they're no. led by Shea Gilgis Alexander. So that is an excellent pick in your backcourt. <laughs> excellent. Yeah, he's he's killing it. He's actually let me I have the stats pulled up. Let me make sure I get these numbers correct. Um, he is currently fourth in points per game at 30. Okay. He is currently first in steals per game with 2.8. Second place is 1.8. So a full steal wow. per game better. Who's second place? Uh, Donovan Mitchell is okay. going to be second place. Gotcha. Um, he is also, uh, for what it's worth, he's fifth in fantasy points per game. I know it's not what we're going off of, but no. he happens to be that. <laughs> um, but his rebounds and assists per game numbers are also very high. It's not yeah. like he's a slouch. No, he's an all-around star, dude. Like he's exactly. the future of this league. I've exactly. I've been saying that for probably two years now. I love Shea. Um, he yeah. If I didn't pick Curry, I would have put Shea there too. Like yeah, I, yeah. he's one of my favorite players love, to watch. As much as I love Curry and like what he has done in the past, looking solely based on this season, and for me, the edge when like you could say, "Oh, but Steph is doing Steph things." You're right. But at the end of the day, the Warriors are currently, I want to say, the 11 seed Yeah. in the West right now. And the Thunder are the two seed. So we've been based on, have you helped your team win? The answer is SGA is unequivocally helping his team win more than Steph Curry yeah. is at this current point. And I know a lot of that's based on the Warriors role players haven't played up to what they should be. And Draymond is doing Draymond things. And Draymond is doing what he's doing. <laughs> However... Um, I think SGA has that edge. So for me, it is Luca. That one's easy. You confirmed yep. it. And then yep. I have SGA instead of Steph. But I see where the Steph argument yeah. comes from. I would say for me, the all-star is not so much about team performance. I would say when you're looking at MVP, for me, team performance is so important. Like, I can't remember if it was last year. I think it was last year. People were like, oh, LeBron should be MVP. And it's like, okay, but the Lakers like weren't good. Like, they were fine. Like, but there was guys like Joel and like Giannis who were on teams that were really good. And so they were in that conversation. And so I think for MVP, that means more to me than for all-star, but I see where you're coming from. SGA is a great pick. I'm not going to argue with you on that at all, but okay. Are we going to stay in the West here? Hey, yeah, let's go ahead and do okay. West front court. West we'll... front court to me, the easiest of the bunch to choose um, of East and West front quarter, back court. This was the easiest thing. I literally was just like, click, click, click done for me. Um, and that would be Kevin Durant, Jokic and LeBron. That is my front court. Um, I know the Suns have been kind of mid, especially considering what uh, they were expected to do, but you know, who has not been mid is Kevin Durant. And you asked me beforehand, well, how many games has Kevin Durant missed? Only four which is very good for Kevin Durant standards the last couple seasons. Um, Jokic is Jokic. I don't need to explain that. And uh, LeBron is LeBron. I don't think I need to explain that either. Um, so I think Kevin Durant's the only one that, like, I could see you picking someone else. Um, but, like, LeBron is more and more every single day becoming the GOAT. I'm a LeBron GOAT person, all right? You can have the argument all day long. That's where I'm at right now. He is incredible especially at his age to be playing like he is, is just insane. Um, and then, yeah, Jokic is Jokic. Uh, I don't need to explain that any further. <laughs> um, And this is going to be a really quick conversation because I have the exact same three. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the most straightforward group yeah. to pick. Like, um, I think that's going to be for most people, the, the front court in the West. Unless you're not watching, then maybe you pick somebody else. But that's just the yeah. most obvious three. 
for me, the only difference would be like, because I obviously as a Suns fan, I know the Suns have had their fair share of uh, injuries. And so my big thing was, well, how many games has Kevin Durant missed? I mean, when you said four of the 27 games that the Suns have played up. That's according to CBS. So if it's wrong, it's not on me. Okay. Well, um, (laughs) that's fine. Um, Yeah, but he's played enough to where I can sit here and say, okay, yeah, he's still still an all-star game starter. Um, And so, yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Um, They're putting up crazy numbers. And, you know, the Lakers have... um, fallen a little bit recently they're on a three game losing streak i think right now or something yeah. like that they've, they've fallen a little bit and the suns are having their struggles as well also yeah. on a, at least two game losing streak i want to say maybe three or somewhere other three of their last four whatever it is um they've, they've stumbled a little bit as well i do think that is a pretty easy um west front court now yeah, um for sure. i want to switch it up a little bit i think the east backcourt is going to be our most area of difference I so agree. I want to I want to start with the east front court. Okay. And then we'll and, end with the back court. Yeah, and mind you in case that wasn't obvious already. He and I did not. We discussed a little bit like how we were choosing, but we, we didn't discuss like who two, we were choosing. We discussed like two questions. I yeah. asked her is has Kevin Durant missed a lot of games? She told yeah. me and that was basically it. Yeah. That yeah, so we've barely discussed at all so this is live reactions to this stuff um but yeah let's start you said start with front court in, in east, the east, east okay. front court you go first this is the one that makes the most sense to me this is three guys that could win mvp any given year um and two of them have done that and so my my front court here in the east is joel Giannis, and jason tatum and i and it's just, I mean, those guys are ridiculous. Giannis just set the his career high and also the Bucks, I think, most points ever scored in a game. And there was all that tea with the basketball. I, I, I don't, I don't care. That was like toddler behavior from both teams. Anyway, um, congrats to that one guy on the was it against the Pacers, right? That scored his first ever uh, bucket. But anyway, yeah. um, that that whole situation was stupid. Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum. Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. And Giannis is being ridiculous as per usual. So I feel like this one was very straightforward. I could see you going slightly differently here, but that's what I got. Um, well, actually, you can't see me going differently because I, <laughs> um, I put the exact same thing. It's yeah. Embiid, it's Giannis, and it's Tatum. And um, that's, again, like just the obvious choices here. Yeah, it's really a lot of these spots – have been obvious, you know, we differentiated a little bit in the West backcourt, but whatever way you slice it, the argument is those three guys. Mm-hmm. And you, if you prefer Steph over, over SGA. Okay. That works. Um, but it is those three guys. There's not much of a, of a difference here. And I have the same guys in the front court. The East backcourt is where it gets really interesting. Yeah. As, and I mentioned this to Chelsea. I think there are, realistically i think there's five guys you could put here mm-hmm. where i could see an argument there is a sixth where i would say really you're gonna put him but um i, might I don't think that. it's like the worst thing <laughs> ever there are five guys that i think you can put here and i'd be okay with um, well Chelsea, i hope that i picked you do you want to start or do you want me to start i'll start i'm a little nervous okay. though after you that start. no because okay. i think i think you i think you are fine we'll see um, I want to preface this with saying a lot of the time I vote for all-star based on players that I think are really good and are just on the outside looking in. And I want to give them a couple extra votes to like put them in. I didn't really do that with this lineup because I want to be realistic here. Like these are my all-stars so we could have a good discussion. Um, like I usually will have like an entire West made up of the Suns, um, which is and I'm talking like even the bad seasons too. Like when it was just Devin Booker and a bunch of dudes. Okay. So um, with that being said, I did that a little bit with this backcourt, but I feel like these guys might be a part of the guards that you're talking about. And those guards are going to be, first of all, the guard that we always talk about on this podcast, which is Damian Lillard. And on the, on next to him, uh, I have Halliburton. The home court guy. Um, I think both of them have been fantastic. Both of them have great stats. Both of them are very fun to watch. Um, 
and I don't have much more of an explanation than that. Uh, I love Damian Lillard. He's not only one of my favorite players in the league. He's one of my favorite players of all time. And a big part of that is how he is off the court. But on the court, he's a walking bucket. And I love Damian Lillard. And he's having a fantastic season on his new team. Um, And Halliburton is also having a really good season. Um, He's the one that I thought maybe you'd be like, Chelsea, what are you doing? Um, But that's my backcourt. Um, he's not the guy um, that I th- uh, that I would have had a problem with. Okay. In fact, I love him so much. He's on mine as well. Um, Halliburton, Halliburton, nice. absolutely made the cut. In fact, I told Chelsea there is one guy on the East that I put in right away. That guy was Tyrese Halliburton. Without a second thought in my mind, saw him, saw his numbers. Yep, easy. He's was the first guy actually put in my East starting backcourt. Okay. Um, that one I was just fully like, prepared to do. Yeah. Points-wise, he's not as much as other guys in the East. And but so his I can see you going, numbers are also yeah. very wild. And when um, you're a guard, like, that's so important. And yes. so that's that's why I picked him. And it also had to do with, and I had a double take to see where the Pacers' standings were. They're currently the eighth seed mm-hmm. in the in the East. But, yeah, I'm given what he's done to that team. I There was a real argument that that Pacers team – um, was a bottom five team in the East. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they're an eight seed, I and I, they have the potential to be higher than that. I think a lot For of that sure. falls on Halliburton. Yeah. He has great stats, and I think he deserves it. Um, just to be clear, the guy that I would have had problems with um, would have been Trey Young, um, given okay. that his team is the 10 seed. Yeah. Um, and yes, his numbers are really good, but they are mm-hmm. the 10 seed. Um, that's yeah. where I would have pushed back. And I, I know didn't you even talked about how Trae it was. <laughs> I know you talked about how it was like, well, you know, it's individual more than the team, yeah. and I completely agree. However, like, there's there's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, no, it's it's with different with that because Trey Young, I feel like, has always been a player that's averaged really high, like especially points, but his teams are always bad, and so I just, yeah, no, no. Um, so <laughs> finishing it off, so I have Halburn as one. Um, and I think the five guys that I would have really had in that um, argument was um, Halliburton, who I have, um, Dame, who you had, I don't have, but we'll okay. get there. Um, Dame, I think it's Tyrese Maxey, I think it's Donovan Mitchell, and I think it's Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. I think are the five that you can really have in an argument. Yeah. And and I shared this with Chelsea. I said, do I give credit to the guys who are number two on their team, like a Tyrese Maxey or a Damian Lillard? Or do I give credit to the guys who are number one on their team, like a Tarvis Halliburton, a Donovan Mitchell, and a Jalen Brunson? And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to give credit to the ones. Because as good as Dame and Tyrese Maxey's having a great year, yeah. um, as good as they've been, um, Jalen Brunson is the leading scorer on the 5 seed in the East. Yep. He, and he, he, like I, I, I saw it, and for me, it was between – Dame and Jalen Brunson. That was my pick. In fact, mm-hmm. I had Dame. I had Halliburton and Dame. And I said, mm, wait a minute. I went back and looked and I said, it's close, but I'll take yeah. Dame instead. Um, for that reason, is Dame is playing awesome, but he is also the two on his team. Yeah. Um, and Jalen is leading the Knicks also as of us recording this. I think the Knicks are on a really nice like three-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Um on a West Coast road trip. So that that has been good for them. Um, but yeah, I just that next team um doesn't have a like amazing star like a Giannis or an Embiid or someone of that nature. They have a lot of guys who are great but not over the top. Um and Jalen Brunson is really leading that way. Um so for me he gets the edge I decided to go with the young guys here in Halliburton and Brunson. Yeah. Um, but I completely, like I said, I originally picked Dame. So yeah. that 100%, I can get behind that pick. I totally get it. Um, I'm glad we're essentially in sync. Yeah. No, it's we almost it's almost time for 10. Almost like, the exact We're really close. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I like going back to Jalen Brunson. I actually, I like had him clicked. I had him highlighted. I, I like Jalen Brunson's game, and I've always liked the Knicks. 
honestly, like like the Carmelo Anthony Knicks, the Porzingis Knicks, I think they've always been fun teams to watch, even when they've been kind of mid. They've always had at least one guy that was fun to watch. And right now they have a whole bunch of guys that are good and fun to watch. And Jalen Brunson is leading the pack 100%. Um, I think he's a guy that the last few seasons the league has been absolutely sleeping on him, really his entire career. And he's finally like towards the top of the league on a team that's towards the top of the league. And Jalen Brunson 100% deserves his flowers, man. Like he is such a good player. I almost picked him over Halliburton, actually. Um, But yeah. Either way, like, the East is stacked with guards right now. Like, there was a lot of different ways you could have gone with that, and I would have been, like, true, so valid. <laughs> like I said, the only big name that you could have put that I would have had pushback on of yeah. the big – I think there are really, like, six big ones. The only one I would have pushed back a little bit on uh, was um, Trey Young. Yeah, um, it, it just it that, takes more than points. To be yeah. an all-star to me, um, and, and he is his point. Absolutely, and outside of that, like I said, there's like five guys you could realistically put there that would have some sort of argument for, um, and I would totally understand. Yeah. Um, so you know that completely makes sense to me. I get it. Yeah, I think that was good. So we we only different. We were only different with what two players? Uh, I had SGA instead of Steph Curry in the West backcourt. Yeah, and I had Brunson instead of Dame Lillard yeah, in the so, East backcourt. Yeah, so so we were eight for ten. That's pretty good. I think this might be one of those years that's pretty straight up for All Star voting. Like, obviously, you're gonna have people that are voting for like the star guys on their teams, but if they're trying to be like these are the best players in the league, there's kind of an obvious like I would say like twelve. 14 dudes that are kind of just the ones to pick and i think we kind of went over all of them i thought we were gonna have to do like an honorable mention list at the end but i think we did a good job going over all of it like i think that was good like honestly my honorable mentions would have been the guys that you chose so (laughs) that worked out that worked out that was good um let's see i think the last thing we want to talk about here before we wrap for our local gcu fans um, as I'm wearing my GCU hoodie here, um, GCU men's basketball, man, they have been making a splash, making some noise, and they just the won kids, right before we recorded. I believe the kids call them a wagon. I believe that a is, wagon. Oh, they're a wagon, bro. They're a wagon. They net ranking wise are a top thirty team right now. That is not a sentence I thought would ever come out of my mouth. GCU, GCU, Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, is a top 30 net ranked team right now. They are, um, I've seen multiple people put them in the top three of mid-major teams in the country, which mind you, like, mid, we know what mid-majors are. They're not the power five schools, right? Um, and if you need to look up the Power 5 conferences, please do. They're about to change, so it won't last very long. But, um, you know, uh, GCU is not usually in any sport amongst the teams that you discuss when you're like, this is the best mid-major. Because we're talking about, like, one of the mid-majors is San Diego State, who GCU just beat, who was in the finals of the NCAA tournament in March. GCU just beat them. Then they went to Liberty and they beat Liberty. And then tonight they beat Sam Houston. And they just beat Portland by like 30 in the Colangelo Classic. This team is on a roll. They've won one game. I mean, I'm sorry. They've lost one game to South Carolina. That is a team that you are fine with losing to. And it was not like a blowout either. So just GCU is a wagon, bro. I mean, they have so many incredible players. Gabe McLaughlin has been the leader. Uh, he was just whack player of the week. Tyon Grant Foster, who we talked about, has an amazing story. He has been incredible. Ray Harrison has been good. We knew that was coming. Um, Javon Blackshear Jr. is back and looking really solid in uh, limited minutes. Um, just They have so many good players. Duke Brennan has been great, the transfer from ASU. Um, Luke War, the transfer from Oregon. Sidney Curry, the transfer in. I mean, they have so many good players. Bryce Drew, head coach Bryce Drew, 
is just an amazing recruiter. He did probably, I would say, arguably one of the best jobs in Transfer Portal of any school in the country this year. When I I kept hearing these signings over and over again, and I was like, oh my goodness, GCU is going to be good. I wasn't expecting GCU to be this good. And mind you, they had a really hard non-conference schedule. I listed the teams, San Diego State, South Carolina, um, um, Liberty. I mean, they had they played some really solid teams and they won, except for South Carolina. Um, and I mean, I don't see them losing to any team in the WAC. I just don't. I I just I I don't see them stopping, and I also don't see them losing in the first week of the NCAA tournament. I know that's three months away from now, but I don't see that ha- I don't see much stopping the GCU train, man. Like I don't know how far this can go, but I am loving it loving it i was gonna say as a gcu student but i can't gcu alum there you go both both of us are now gcu yeah um i love it dude yeah it's it is great to see and this day and age when it comes to college sports it's always very tough when you see your team rely so i say so heavily on the transfer portal bringing different people in because you are trying to get people from different schools all over the place bringing them together and quickly trying to turn that into something, forming chemistry and trying to turn that into a very solid all-around team. It can be very difficult. I think to your point, Bryce Drew has put pushed a lot of the right buttons and to get this team working together properly as it should be, you know, working as a high-quality unit. Um, you mentioned the one loss was to South Carolina. Keep in mind that South Carolina game was on a neutral court, though that court was in Phoenix. Um, it was not GCU's home court, so it was technically a neutral court. Um, but yeah, the games they won have been really good. And keep in mind they did most of that without um, Javon Blackshear Jr., who just got back. They're still trying to build him back into the lineup and figure out what his role is going to be on this team. But, you know, I, you know, you mentioned it. I like where they are. Um, That win over San Diego state was the first top 25, you know, ranked win for GCU ever in the history of GCU basketball men's. So that's absolutely a massive point of Holy cow. This is crazy. Not only was it the first ranked win, but it happened to be on ESPN U. So that's a whole thing where a lot of extra people got to saw that happen. And our friend, Chris Albright, shout out to him, was the, yes. big, guy, the big guy holding the sign on everyone's shoulders yep. when they stormed the The court, iconic so. photo that everyone posted, that is my boy. Shout that's, out Chris Albright. I have no idea buddy. if he listens to this podcast, but he I should. don't know. I love Chris. He's that awesome. That is my homie. Shout He's out becoming Chris like Albright. a face of the Havocs. This is, I think this is he two is. years in a row that ESPNU has highlighted him. He's um, he has a natural on God. camera. He, he just he, gets on camera. He's just straight. one of those people. Yes. Um shout so shout out, out to him. Yeah. Um, shout out to Chris Albright. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. Um, yeah. but um GCU winning, that's great. Yeah. Um, that's been super cool to see from an alumni. I know Chelsea just graduated, but as someone who's graduated last year, seeing all the success they've had, you know, post yeah. when you leave and you're not there is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. So they played well. Super excited to see um, the team overall improve, continue to get better. Um, I think look, conference play for any school is tough. And no matter how good you are or how good or bad the competition is around you, conference yeah. play is tough and it's a grind. Um, so I, I do think they probably will drop a couple of games in conference play for the sake of we had a bad shooting night. Maybe you have an injury or two, like stuff happens. Um, so I'm sure they will drop a game or two. All that matters is you win the whack. Um, I saw a, um, you know, now it's early, but I saw like a potential seeding, you know, bracketology, whatever, for the um, a March Madness tournament. And they currently had GCU. Well, I said currently. It was maybe like a week or two ago. It's like after they beat San Diego State and Liberty. Yeah. Um, they were a 12 seed. Um, yeah. As high as a 12 seed. Um, I think if you, even if you drop a few, you're still looking at a 12, 13 seed. I just um, saw them as a nine seed today. I, that is 
But I don't as, know. Yeah. as a GCU alumni, I love to see my team succeed. I do not think they will be a nine seed. <laughs> but I, could, say I could see it happening. They, uh, To be completely honest, they would have to win out. I think they would have to. Be, yeah, no, they can't lose anymore because yeah. you you still are a lesser mid major. And when I say yeah. that, I mean like even teams like St. Mary's, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, mm-hmm. Gonzaga has, but in terms of St. Mary's has earned it. San Diego State has earned the benefit. Um, yeah. GCU, you essentially have done nothing. Um, you <laughs> just got your first ranked win. Congratulations. Yeah. Outside of that, you are a nobody in the terms of college basketball, other than you played in the WAC. And you've won it before. Mm-hmm. You've gone to the tournament. And you've played teams semi-close. But you haven't beaten any of them. So you haven't earned it, the benefit of the doubt yet. I really hope this year's different. And I think it could be different, you know, based on how mm-hmm. they played on the stretch, injuries that could happen, whatnot. Um, I would love to see it happen. Um, yeah, no, GC's been great. Um, did yeah. you want to wrap up here? And save the rest of the stuff for next time. Yeah, we have a lot still to cover. We missed a month, but guys, thank you for coming back. It's a season two now of the final call. We're gonna have guests on. We're gonna have new fun things like we just did with the all-star game. Try to have like, you know, little games for us to compare our thoughts on different sports things. Um, just stuff like that. Gonna make things really exciting. Um, so thank you guys for sticking around. Um, and yeah, next episode, I think is going to be pretty much just baseball focused. Obviously the big thing that we missed was Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. That's going to be, I think the main topic for our next episode, which should come out very shortly. Um, we're recording this before Christmas. It is December 20th. Um, it'll come out before then. I think our next episode will come out afterward. Um, we're still figuring that out right now, but, um, if we don't hear from, if you don't hear from us before Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, um, late happy Hanukkah, if you celebrate that. Um, just happy all the holidays. It's just a great time of year to be around your family. So we hope you're enjoying that. Um, if you're a college student like I was uh, a week ago, um, I hope that the semester went well. Um, and Merry Christmas, guys. Um, follow us on all the things at Chelsea underscore underscore mend at Anthony Ferrero seven. And of course, follow the podcast on X and Instagram at TFC underscore sports underscore pod. And keep listening. We've got so much content ready, raring to go for you guys, Um, especially in a couple months when March Madness comes. We're going to have some episodes coming out talking all about that. It's going to be so fun. Um, So stick with us. Keep rocking with us. We're going to keep bringing you a lot of fun content. Any last words, Anthony? Um. You know, we talk about it every week. Uh, it's a great time being sports. And, you know, I know we missed a lot. You mentioned um, you graduated, had that whole process. That's awesome. I was also down. I had bronchitis for like two weeks. Yep. So at the same time, I was also out of it. We're following both long sports at the same time. So getting back in the groove, getting back, looking forward to new things we're going to do. But a lot of catch up on this episode, next episode, a lot of catch up. And then we're we're hitting the ground going. Yep. Yep, so stick with us, guys. Again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we will see you in Episode 2 of Season 2.